Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On this week's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs, we're going to talk about the 12 behaviours that hold women back. This episode was created in March, which is the month that we celebrate International Women's Day. Now, International Women's Day commemorates the cultural, the political and the socioeconomic achievements of women. There are some absolutely amazing women who have achieved success in their lives in all areas that I have mentioned. Now, why is it important to remember these great women and their achievements each year? Well, this helps to remind us that there is greatness inside all of us. And sometimes the greatest achievements that we ever make, they flourish from the greatest challenges that we have. But so many women are made to feel small, made to feel less than, the seeds of potential that live inside of them. It can be especially challenging for women who have been abused to nurture those seeds of potential because their self-esteem and their self-confidence has been damaged by the person who abused them. Some women never recover from this and I don't want that to be you. I want you to get the support that you need with rebuilding your self-esteem and your self-confidence and find out what might be holding you back so that you can live into your potential and allow your greatness to shine. For me, International Women's Day is not only a day to commemorate women who have achieved great success and been recorded in the pages of history for their achievements, but it is a day to also remember all the unsung heroes. It's a day to celebrate all women and all that they have accomplished in their lives, dealing with the ups and downs that life throws at women. And it helps us to leave our mark on the world when we understand that the changes start from within. So this will cause a natural flow once you start doing this inner work. And this will flow on to others who are in your life and it will flow on to the world at large. So this is why it's so important to start understanding the things that might be holding you back. So if you haven't, this is a two-part series and this is the second part of the series. So if you haven't yet listened to the last episode, after you've had a listen to this, please go back and have a listen to last week's episode, which will give you the other six steps or the other six things that hold women back. So there are 12 things that I highlight that hold women back. And this week we'll cover six and last week we covered six. So 
I hope that this helps you to get through those behaviours and understand those behaviours that might be holding you back. So let's open the door on this week's episode and find out what six of the 12 behaviours that hold women back are. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Hello and welcome to this special episode which focuses on the qualities that women need to possess to achieve their true potential. Basically, it's all about leadership. Now, don't get daunted because you may not see yourself as a leader, but leadership doesn't mean that this will only relate to you if you are 100% career-driven and want to either run your own company or run the world or be in charge of, you know, managing projects or people. Learning to be a leader is something that we all need to do. Learning to be a leader is much more about gaining the know-how to manage moving forward in your life. True leadership considers needs and is able to work out how to prioritise them, again, to help you move forward. So we all know that life is full of challenges. And we live in a very uncertain time. We live in a world that's full of uncertainties. So this is why it is so important for each of us to learn good leadership skills so that we can navigate those challenges that we come up against in life. Now, I live in Australia and I live quite close to the surf beaches, don't get jealous. It's, it is a gorgeous place. But the reason that I am mentioning where I live and the surf beaches is that I sort of equate this to life's challenges to riding a wave. You will find that there'll be waves that will come up for you all the time. It's not all smooth sailing there will be waves in your lives now in your life. And if you stand on the water's edge and you watch the waves as they roll in and you look off into the distance, you can see that the water is is quite flat. And then out of nowhere, you'll see a wave will begin to form. And it's quite miraculous watching waves form. They gain a momentum. And the swell is an absolute force of nature. There's nothing that you or I or anybody else can do to stop that wave from reaching its crescendo before it comes crashing down. The best thing that we can do if we get caught in a wave is learn how to ride it. So the reason that I use this example is just to show that we are not in control of many of the challenges that we face in life. They are like the wave. They have a force beyond our control and there is nothing that we can do because we are caught in the wave. But 
to try to ride it until it comes crashing down and we get our feet back onto the shore again. We're, we're out of harm's way. But waves don't have to stop us from moving forward. And when we learn the skills to ride the wave, we can face the next wave and the next wave with the ability to withstand those forces of nature that are beyond our control. So this is why it is so important for all of us to learn leadership skills. Now, leadership skills, these are the things that will help you feel empowered and help you to navigate challenging times. So if you're a mum, you need to cultivate leadership skills. So when children see their mum riding the wave as you go through challenging times, because you've got good leadership skills, they're going to cope much better too. It doesn't mean that you'll be able to protect them from all trauma or all hurt, but if they see that you are riding the wave and you're able to get to the other side of that wave intact and holding them up, then they are going to cope a lot better. So again, this just reinforces the importance for all of us, especially mums, to learn these leadership skills. So these six things that I'm going to share in this episode are so important because they will ultimately help you feel more in control, which is something that victims and survivors of abuse really struggle with. So that is why I'm sharing this with you today. These six things are the things that will give you more peace of mind. They will help you to feel more confident to get through challenges and they will help you to lighten your load and get rid of a whole bunch of stuff that is more than likely just pulling you under and making you feel like you might not be able to face another wave. Unfortunately, I can't wave a magic wand and make the waves in your life disappear, but I can give you the surfboard or the boogie board, if that takes your fancy, to give you the help that you need to ride, ride those waves without feeling dragged under by the wave. Now, I don't know where you are on your journey. But if you are still caught in a cycle of abuse, and that means if you are either still living with that person or you have separated from that person, but that person is not leaving you alone to get on with your life, I want you to stop here for a second and ask yourself to please just call a domestic abuse counselling line and talk to someone about the challenges that you're facing and what steps, ask them what steps might be appropriate for you to take to keep yourself and your children if you have children safe. So the minute that you start making behavioural changes that begin to empower you is the minute that the cycle of abuse will escalate. So please, the reason I caution you now is because if you are in that situation, you need to be very careful about your behavioural change for towards being empowered, towards taking leadership steps in your life because of the fallout that will come from that. 
So please, please, I I ask you to please put your safety first. So this episode's not going anywhere. You can still listen to it now, but you don't have to act on everything that I am suggesting in this episode. But I urge you to please put your safety first. So navigating a plan and a path to break away from a cycle of abuse is full of complexities. It's not easy. If it were easy, you would probably have left that relationship 10 times over by now. That's why it's so important to get every little bit of support that you could possibly get so that you can break away in a way that you are taking all possible precautions that you can to protect yourself during this very uncertain and what can be a very frightening time. When you're in a safe place, you can get to work on healing your life and making any changes you may need to make to help you feel secure and in control of your life again. Okay, now that that's said, let's run through six of the 12 behaviours that hold women back. And when I say women, I include myself in this just because I support other women to help them to get their breakthrough so that they can get back into the driver's seat of their life doesn't mean that I am perfect. Far from it. Um, you know, the reason I know the problems and the challenges that victims and survivors face is because I have been a victim and I have lived in survival mode, feeling no control over the direction of my life. So I'm a work in progress too. I want you to know that I am still a work in progress. So we are all and um, we're all on a journey and we never really reach a final destination in our personal development. But it is important to invest in your personal development. If you never will, then you may stay stuck in the same patterns for the rest of your life. So does that mean that you will necessarily come and work with me? No, not necessarily. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. At the heart of it, my wish for you is to get onto a path of personal development. I get that when you're in survival mode, you feel like all of your energy needs to go into triaging the damage as it comes up. And you might think, I would love to immerse myself in my personal development, but right now I am in crisis mode and every last ounce of my energy is going into cleaning up the mess of the last crisis and anything that I might have left over when I dig really deep, you know, is going towards strategizing how to try and avoid the next crisis. So I get this because I've been there. If I, if this is you, I want to tell you that this is actually the perfect time to invest your time in your personal development. I know it might sound impossible because you feel like you are at your limit, but believe me, I know you are feeling like you are just clinging to a thread, okay? I know that feeling. There is only so much that other people can do for you, okay? That's what I want you to understand is this is the importance of you 
starting to learn these leadership skills and regaining your personal power again because other people can't fix everything for you. They can come and they can offer you support and there may be, um, you know, there for some time, but they are not going to be walking with you every second of your day and they're not going to be with you every single day of your life. So they will help you with a specific thing and, um, and accept that, gratefully accept that because they are going to be there to help you have a need met. So accept their help and support, but they won't be able to fix everything. Even if their heart's desire is to be able to fix everything for you, they won't be able to do it. You will need to come along for that journey. You will need to come along for that ride. So what do you need? You need to cultivate the skills to turn that corner in your life, to get off the path that is dragging you under and onto a path that is not going to be easier in the beginning. I wish I could say that it was, but it won't be easier in the beginning. But over time, it is going to be completely transformative for you and for your future and your life. So this is why we are going to now dive into and explore these six things that hold women back in life. Number one, and before I say it, I think you're already going to have a really good idea of what I am about to say because many women suffer from this and I am one of them or I have been one of them. So it's perfectionism. Number one is perfectionism. So if you suffer from this, just know you're not alone. It's great to have high standards, but if you won't put anything out there in the world unless you get it 100% perfect, you are 100% holding yourself back. I used to be very guilty of being a perfectionist, but I gave up on perfectionism when I got caught in an abusive relationship and I had three of my four children within the space of five years. Um, There's a saying, I was like a chook with my head cut off. I was running around in every different direction and I was just getting by, just trying to do whatever my children needed. And, you know, and the biggest problem was my ex-partner who was like a problem child. And I was just trying to get us all through another day. So I had to give up on perfectionism and I had to be okay with just doing my best to meet the most pressing needs. If I would have kept striving for perfectionism, I think it would have killed me. It was too much for me to bear. So these days, my life is really different to what it was, you know, back then. Um, But if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that I create a lot of content. And 
if I was still holding on to perfectionism, then I probably would be holding off on releasing episodes because I'd be nitpicking at it and I'd be saying, oh, I don't think I've got that quite right, instead of doing my best that I can and just getting it out there. Because my aim, my aim is to hopefully help you with your challenges. So to do that, I had to let go of perfectionism. And I want you to understand that perfection is an illusion. My new definition of perfect is being satisfied that I have done what I can to the best of my abilities and then I move on. So we can look at things that are very imperfect, but we can still see them as being perfect. And that comes from a place in our heart where we accept that we have strengths and we have weaknesses and that all of that goes into this thing that can still look incredibly perfect. So just know that striving for perfection to get everything right all of the time is just going to be a weight around your neck. So it's soul-crushing and it can really, it can rob so much time um, that you could be using to be doing something so productive. So understand that we all have, we've all got strengths and weaknesses and you don't feel ashamed that you've got weaknesses because everybody has them. So what you need to do instead, instead of beating yourself up for your weaknesses is turn to others that are strong in those places that you are weak to help you to move forward. And I'm not, when I mention that, talking about an abusive partner because that's what ends up happening is we end up becoming very codependent on that person to be our everything and they're taking us down a very dark, negative path and Instead, we need to be turning to other people for support in areas where they're experts, they've got strengths, and they can actually help us to go through those challenges that we face that we need some support with. So it's okay to have a weakness, but use it, you know, like just understand and accept that and turn to somebody else who can support you with getting through that that thing that you need. And no, you don't have to have it all figured out on your own. No one has everything figured out all of the time. So the most successful people in life will turn to mentors because they know that that person has already achieved success in an area. And so they will talk to them and get counsel from them on what they need to do to achieve what they want in their lives. So it's not a weakness. It's actually a strength to ask for support. And successful people understand this and use it to their advantage. And I want love you to start understanding that too and, um, and putting that to use. So 
The other thing about perfectionism is it can keep you isolated because this expectation that you should have all the answers can make you feel dumb when you don't have the answer. And this then makes you feel ashamed and your self-esteem and your self-confidence, they just take a nosedive. So if you work on anything in these, all of these things that I'm describing that hold women back, you know, this might be the number one thing to work on for women um, because when you learn to let go of perfectionism, it can be the most liberating thing that you can ever do for yourself. So please, if you're holding on to perfectionism, please let it go. Okay, number two, the disease to please. And wow, have I been there in my life, um, whether it is it was my parents that I was trying to please or my children or my partners or my colleagues or my friends, just everyone basically who I had in my life, I desperately wanted to please them and I was absolutely miserable. And this is because I wasn't living life in accord with my values. I was trying to live my life, trying to fulfill everyone else's expectation of what I thought that they felt my life should be and what my life should look like. And this meant that I had no boundaries in place to let people know that I had a limit and this is what my limit is and, you know, ask them not to go beyond that limit. So this is one of the biggest traps for women to fall prey to narcissistic men. If you have no boundaries, Narcissistic men can manipulate you to do what they want, even when you want something else. So worse than wanting something else, you can end up neglecting your own needs, again, falling into victimhood. So maybe your self-talk is saying things like, I just can't help it. I just have to do this. Can you see? Your desire to please everyone all of the time leads to feelings of have to. When you feel that you have to do something to, and this ends up making you feel disempowered. It makes you feel like you're not in control, like you don't have a choice. And you will set yourself free when you start to clear to get clear on what your needs are, what your values are and what your limits are. Because when you understand those things and when you get crystal clear on those things, you can create boundaries that take all of those things into consideration. And that will bring you the, the peace that you um, crave. It will bring you a sense of, not being pushed into things, but that you actually have a choice again, that you can choose something different if you're being asked to do something 
and it goes against your needs or it goes against your values or it goes against your limits. So the ironic thing is that you will have much, much more to give when you stop living your life just to please others. You're not going to be able to please everybody all of the time. No one can. And you need to just start thinking about what you need and get clear on that first. So again, this is one, like I said, that I've been guilty of in my life. So, you know, it's a big aha for me and it's something that I'm on my journey with for sure. So moving on to number three, number three is minimizing. If you are a victim or a survivor of an abusive relationship, you will be an expert at withdrawing and trying to hide in the shadows. Why? Because if you become invisible, then you might not be seen. If you are not seen, maybe you can shield yourself from being hurt. So this idea of minimising yourself will be a self-protection mechanism or a coping mechanism that you've adopted as a strategy to try and minimise the abuse, try and minimise your suffering, try and minimise the pain that you're going through. It's a great strategy, but it can cause you to feel like you are disappearing from life altogether and cause you to lose your voice and become completely submissive and powerless. So maybe you're in the habit of apologising when you speak, which minimises the importance of what you are going to say. So this is a two-edged sword. It can work in your favour when it becomes a self-protection mechanism and it can work against you, okay? It's about learning when to withdraw and when to use your voice. And it's okay if you need support. You may need support from others in specialist services to speak on your behalf and advocate for your needs. Please know that that's okay. So whether that's through the courts, whether that is um, speaking to the police, you know, whatever it is that, you, you know, you're struggling with, with communicating, you can turn to domestic abuse support services. There are social workers who can support you through this and actually represent you and be your voice while you're still trying to find your own voice again. So the safer and the more secure that you feel in your life, the more that you will just naturally find that you are, you are finding, you're rediscovering your voice again. And the more that you rediscover your voice again, the more confident you'll become, okay? So use your voice to begin with, with people that you feel safe with, whether that is a counsellor, a therapist or a support person and trust your instincts and allow yourself to use your coping mechanism of withdrawing if you feel it will help you to stay safe, okay? So you need to just discern as to whether 
you need to withdraw to for your safety and put your safety first or whether you need to be able to use your voice because people need to understand where you're coming from okay so number four another thing that holds women back is actually saying too much so here i've gone from not having a voice to not saying too much so i'll explain this because I'm good at saying too much. Saying too much, it stems from insecurity. So if you're feeling insecure because of the things that you have been through in an abusive relationship, it's perfectly natural and to be expected. So this is why it is so good to have the counsel of either a counsellor, a therapist or a support, support person because you can't talk to everybody and just do like this sort of this is my life dump on everyone because not everyone is going to be able to process it not everybody is going to be able to give you back what you need in terms of support so this is where you need somebody who you know that you've got this trust relationship with where what's you know is said to them stays with them um, you know, and you can just unburden yourself and just get everything off your chest. It's really important to have a person like that in your life. And you can safely say too much and just get the whole thing out. And when you do that with a trusted person, that's going to help you feel lighter. You just suddenly it's like, oh my goodness a weight has just been lifted off me and then you won't feel such a need to give every single detail about your life to everybody that you talk to so one of the things that victims and survivors experience is a need and this is not the need coming from within them but this is a need to be able to access the right level of support when a victim needs to access the right level of support, the victim often needs to retell their story. They need to retell their experiences. And this is reliving trauma. So um, this can be really, really difficult for victims. It is can be absolutely excruciating to have to go through this process of retelling um your story over and over again and having to relive your trauma so i'd like to give you something that hopefully is going to help you if this is some something that you need right now because that's the place that you're in where you're having to explain what's going on in your life your situation your critical needs and you're having to retell things that have happened to you where you've been hurt and you are in a very very vulnerable place so I'm a writer and I, I love writing. It really helps me to express myself. And then when I've got it all down, I can pull out the key points, just like I've done with this episode. So I'm giving you six key points that I'm relating to you. I'm not giving you 100 points to, you know, wrap your head around because 100 would be too much for you to take in. So as it is, you, you may want to re-listen to this episode because 
even though it's only six, there's still a heck of a lot of information that's gone into these six points. So you might want to re-listen and so that you can go back and take more in than that first listen. So my suggestion with that, that love of writing would be for you to take a bit of time to write down the key points of where you are at right now. So if you can't think of the key points, I would just um, maybe next time you speak to your support person, whether that's counsellor, therapist or a support person, and you do this dump that you actually hit record on your phone and you record your conversation with this person, listen back to it, you'll be able to extract or pull out the key points, the key needs, you'll get the clarity that you need. And this is a really great way for you to get clear when you're in this really confusing space of trying to navigate what seems to be like a really, you know, insurmountable problem that you're dealing with. So that's my recommendation. Um, So when you pull out those key points, it means that uh, you can use that as your conversation that you have when you need to go and seek support from another service because um, it'll help you to stay on point. So you won't have to tell them everything, but you will have been able to summarise things in a way that highlights your most critical needs and helps them to see clearly what support you need right now and helps them to actually provide that support so you don't end up feeling frustrated and like, I've just poured my heart out to you and you are not hearing me. You're not understanding what I'm trying to tell you. And, you know, when you're in this space, you think that they need to hear everything for them to be able to comprehend just how serious things are for you and how urgent the need is that you have. But you can break it down, It, but just trying to break it down by thinking it through for yourself may not be possible. So if that's not something that you can do just off the cuff, then have that conversation with that trusted person. Do your big dump on them with just letting everything out, talking it all through, and then I want you to go back and I want you to listen to that conversation and highlight. You'll be able to, you know, get those aha moments as you're listening back and you will be able to just draw out the key points that you really need to hone in on. Okay, so I think that's enough on that one. Number five is dwelling in the past. Women can be so expert at beating themselves up about their past. Does this stem from perfectionism? Probably has a fair bit to do with it. If only we all you know, were raised to understand that mistakes, they provide feedback. Mistakes help us to learn. Mistakes are opportunities for us to move forward. But so much of the time, women get stuck on their past mistakes. And when they get stuck on their their past mistakes, then this holds them back. 
um, they go into blame and shame mode and it doesn't help them to move forward. They just get stuck in blame and shame. If only we understood that in doing this, we're putting a ball and a chain around our ankle that is just dragging us down and holding us back from moving forward. So instead of focusing on the here and now, which is what we should be doing, we're caught in the past. Instead of focusing on what we might aim for in the future, we're caught in this energy of regret and we lose confidence in ourselves to be able to learn what we need to learn from that mistake and move on. We get these overwhelming feelings of being a failure. So, but worse than those things being the outcomes is that it can hold you in an energy of perpetuating the same mistake because you just get caught in this, your focus is on the mistake and you haven't given yourself an opportunity to learn from that mistake and it leaves you very vulnerable to repeating that mistake over again. And this is one of the reasons that women keep falling prey to one narcissistic relationship after another. So please... Stop beating yourself up and start forgiving yourself for the mistakes of your past and give yourself the space and the energy to work on that inner change to create those healthy boundaries so that you move forward and attract a good person into your life if you are still seeking to find a healthy relationship, which you may or may not be. And if you're not, that is perfectly fine too. The main thing is that you are moving towards a fulfilling life, a life in which you feel at peace, a life in which you feel satisfied. Because, you know, we are all in the pursuit of happiness, but underneath happiness lies satisfaction. So when we focus on including more of what is going to give us that personal satisfaction in our lives, the happier we will become. And that is just going to have this flow on effect. The happier we are, the better our relationships will be with the people who are in our lives, the more productive we will be. And it's just such a worthwhile journey to try and get off that destructive path and on to this productive path of in the pursuit of happiness. So finally, we are up to number six. And number six is keeping everything on your radar all of the time. So this is something that women are really, really good at. And I think when we talk about women being great multitaskers, it shows that capacity that women have to be thinking about multiple things at the one time. So we're kind of solving all the world's problems all at once. Um, so, but another thing is that, you know, victims and survivors of abusive relationships 
become really used to or accustomed to being hypervigilant. So what do I mean when I say hypervigilant? What this basically means is that you are highly or abnormally alert to potential danger or threat. So this hypervigilance is a hangover from the abuse that you have endured. The abuse has caused you to feel unsafe and effectively means that you have a reduced startle threshold. So things will make you very jumpy and you'll be very, your nervous system will be on high alert, you know, all of the time. Um, And how this translates to the way you see the world around you is that you are on the lookout for danger. You're very, very reactive and to danger and responsive to danger. So one of the skills that I developed and you have more than likely developed too with going through an abusive relationship is that it's easy to see danger well before others can see it. Um, So is this a good thing? Yes, it can be. It can be a great thing. It can mean that you are more attuned to possible risks to your safety or to the safety of others. And that can be a very good thing. But it's not great to be like that all of the time. So if you're looking over your shoulder because of what you've been through, you're going to know what I'm talking about here. You're on edge all of the time, even if the danger's passed, because you're looking out, you're always looking out for the next thing that might crop up. So this does make you an expert. So what I want to reassure you about here is that you are the expert of your situation. You know the dangers of your situation better than anyone. You know the patterns of behaviour that um, trigger those alarm bells to go off and you know the risks. But in terms of this hypervigilance helping you to feel confident about moving forward with trying something different should to change the trajectory of your life, the direction of your life. No, hypervigilance is not a great thing, okay, because what has happened is that your subconscious mind will be holding you back because going somewhere new could represent danger for you. So what can you do to get over this? You can... Get someone that you trust to walk alongside you while you're taking that journey and while you're building your confidence. That support person can help you stay focused on moving forward at those times that you want to hold yourself back because you sense danger ahead when danger may not actually be there. Um, but you sense this pain and this discomfort that's going to come from going into a new place. And so that will make you hesitant to stay, to move forward and may even keep you stuck in that place that you are. 
indefinitely. And like I said, some women never recover. They stay in this state for their entire lives. They're unable to break through. So it's really important to get someone you trust to walk alongside you. So some of the fears may be real. You know, I'm not discounting that you may have real fears that you're facing, but some of your fears may not be founded on any real danger, but it is a natural response for you to um, do what you feel is necessary to protect yourself from both real and perceived fears. So as you start to heal and rebuild trust in yourself, because underneath it all, that's where the healing needs to happen because you've lost confidence, understandably, from going through everything that you've been through. And not only have you lost confidence in that person who has been abusive towards you, it's caused you to lose confidence on all sorts of levels. And, you know, one of those levels is trusting in yourself. So this is something that needs healing now. And this is something that needs time to heal. It needs time, but it needs treatment. It can't go untreated. If it goes untreated, it may not heal. And you, you may be left with, you know, wounds that last. But you need to get support, basically. Um, I just encourage you not to walk alone on this journey that you are on so that you can actually get through that breakthrough and you can transform your life into a beautiful life. So I want you to be super kind to yourself and I want you to just hold an awareness that your reactiveness is something that you need time and support to heal from. Okay, so that's it for this week's episode. Just remember, you don't have to go through this journey on your own. If you would like to be a member of the Rise Up with Tiara's Tears and Triumphs Facebook group, just go to the links in the episode notes and request to join. Until next time, stay well and stay safe. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement, if you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support 
with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset. Spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.